Lord, this is your word. And Lord, you knew exactly who would be here today, Father God. So I pray that you prepare their hearts, Lord, to receive from you. Beyond the imperfections of my words that I may speak, Father God, may they hear through your spirit, Lord. We come up against every plan of the enemy that may try and snatch this word from your children, Lord. The seed of this word, Father God, but I declare that this word will bear fruit, Lord. A bountiful harvest in your kingdom, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's get into it. 1 John 3 verse 7. So while you're paging, so the English word of love occurs more than 311 times in the King James Version of the Bible. And there's 180 variations of the word of love in the New Testament. Love is a, it's said to be a universal language where words are optional. Love is not a thing that stays here. Oh, I love you. How do I know? No, I love you. It's in here. No, no, no. It's, it's in here. It's in what you do. And like we discovered, we often understand that concept that I need to do something with or when it comes to somebody else that I'm expecting love from, I need to see it. But when it comes to God, it's almost like it's just here all the time. And that's when the Lord speaks and He says, you know, it's almost like lip service. If you're giving me lip service, you're saying all these things, but you don't really mean it. You don't really love me because I can see what you are doing. So in 1 John 3 verse 7, it says, Dear children, do not let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it is because they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy these works of the devil. Now in the same chapter, I didn't want to read that one, but I need you to understand, this is the theme of this chapter. Dealing with sin and how you need to live properly. Then in verse 18, it says this, Dear children, let us stop saying we love each other. So we're dealing with sin, then in the same chapter, now all of a sudden it switches and it, it connects your sinning to the way you love. So dear children, let us stop saying we love each other. Let us what? Really show it by what? Our actions. By our actions. So let's stop saying, I love you brother. I love you sister. Let us show how we love. Let it be a demonstration. An outward demonstration. Then in Matthew 23, verse 25 to 28, for those of you making notes, it says, Hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones, all sides, all kinds of impurity. You try to look upright and outwardly, or on the outwardly, but inside your heart is filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. When God looks from his vantage point from in heaven, he sees what I cannot see. Yeah, this morning. So you putting up a facade in front of me or in front of people here in the church or your family members, but God from his vantage point, he looks beyond that and he goes straight for the heart. He looks straight at your heart. A lot of times we, we become so accustomed to fooling people around us that when we relate with God, we come with that same mentality, I'm trying to fool you. But we don't realize we're dealing with God here. He knows you. He knows if you are genuine with Him. He knows whether what you are saying. He knows the motive. So we need to be careful of how we deal with this. 
And like was last week, and with all of these, the whole series that we're dealing with, the expressions of love, all of these things you can apply in the natural. So today we're dealing with friends, guess what? While I'm speaking here, it's going to appear as if I'm just speaking about your friendships, your, your earthly friendships, but I'm actually speaking about this friendship with the Lord. I'm a friend of God, he calls me friend, we sing it, but do we realize how we really is friend? So, if you get the natural right, automatically it spills over into the spiritual. A lot of us, we try to do it the other way around. Oh, let me first go to the Bible, let me first understand the spiritual. For instance, the job that I made is, if you have a bad relationship with your earthly father, that's the natural. It's you're going to struggle, you're going to find difficulty when you relate to your heavenly father because your natural example of perception is, is incorrect. So automatically when you, when you relate to the earthly father, you're going to come with that same stuff. So you need to fix the natural things and this is what we're doing. So you need your concept of friendship needs to change so that when the Bible refers to friend, you don't adopt the world's definition of friendship and you give it up to the Lord. You don't want that. Now, what is my what is my definition of friendship? That's what God is asking us this morning. And like in the end of days, the heart of the sons is being drawn back to the father. And sons is not a gender term. The ladies are also sons. It's a term of it's a position you have in God. Sonship is a position. So God is drawing his children back because the chronos time is almost up. And he wants all his children to come back to him. So phileo love, friendship love. Phileo love is the one that is, phileo love is one that doesn't involve any passion or sexual impulse. The eros love, that's eros. The sexual impulse, the passion, that type of thing, that was eros last week. But the phileo love is more like love between good friends or goodwill between you and somebody you respect or admire. We see phileo love between Jesus and his disciples. Look how they start. They started out like this random group, as I always say. Just a random 12. It looks as if Jesus selected the random 12. But they ended up becoming such good friends because they spent time with one another. You can't befriend somebody if you don't spend time with them. An example in the Bible is if you look at David and Jonathan. These two are very tight. The most unlikely of pairings. A shepherd boy turned soldier and the prince of a very powerful nation becoming friends. It's very unlikely. But in David and Jonathan, we sample one of the purest forms of friendship. If you look at their example, you, can't, you will struggle to find the way they operated in this day and age. You will struggle to find a friend like that. The one common trait of all types of love is that there always needs to be visible proof of it. Always. That you need to keep in the back burner all the time as we are dealing with the four types of love that there has to be a manifestation of it. How do you know God loves you? Because there are certain things that God does in your life that validates He loves you. So the same with you. How do God know you love Him? What do you do? So in 2 Samuel 1 verse 26, I just want to quickly just go through some of the examples of David. Maybe some of you, is the first time you're hearing about the friendship between David and Jonathan. You know David the king, but you don't know what happened before that. This intense friendship that he had. 
So 2 Samuel 1 verse 26 says, I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful. And he goes on and says, more wonderful than a woman. This was an intense friendship. Now when you read that in the context of today, I'll be open with you, when you read that in the context of today, somebody that doesn't understand the concept of friendship, you read that and you think the person you think, hmm, they might have been close or the word is gay. Because hmm. surely if I look at today, two guys cannot be that person, they're that person that's going no, then it's a something, it's a Mr. Sister, that type of life, you know, that, that type of thing. But this is why how your perception needs to change. Of friendship, that is a close-knit friend. A close-knit friendship. I met um, Brother Colin's friends, Daniel, eh? you guys were, since, was it 1985, if I can remember correctly? That's how long they've been friends. And you can see, because they almost sort of finish one another sentence when Brother Colin stops, immediately Brother Daniel starts. They know instinctively what one another is talking about. And that's pure friendship. In 1 Samuel 18, verse 1 to 4, and by the way, that verse that we read now, that happened after Jonathan and Saul was killed and David found out. And that is how he grieved over this. So 1 Samuel 18, verse 1 to 4 says, After David had finished talking with Saul. This is now the first encounter. So David killed Goliath, and then he spoke to, to Saul because they had an agreement. And after he spoke with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. So the pure friendship starts off as a bond. You don't know what, what is it about this guy. It's almost like a, like a marriage. Like when you meet somebody, I don't know what it is about her, but I'm drawn towards her. The room is full of other men or women, but I'm drawn to the swan man. It's the same with friendship. And I know that I know that I know that within God's will for your life, God attaches certain things. And why can I say that with certainty? The best friends that you guys have, why is it that person man? Out of everybody that you've met, why are you best friends with that one? Some of you don't even know. You can't even put it into words. But that person is just a good because God has put them in there. They are part of your journey in life. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense. They look at the two of you and mm, you don't even, I can't understand how the two of your friends, how are you benefiting one another? You know? And like you told us the stories, uh, Daniel's dad used to chase you and all of those things. And you know, the mother was so, why are you friends? No, man, you guys are uh, bad for one another. But God brought you together. So friendship is a bond. It's a bond. And then it goes on and it says, verse 2, From that day Saul kept uh, David with him, and he did not let him return to his own family. Look what Jonathan does, verse 3. And Jonathan made a covenant with David. Interesting, eh? Covenant. When other do you hear the, the word covenant is with marriage and with God. Now friendship is on the same level. You need a covenant with friendship. We throw the term friendship. No, that's my friend. We throw it so loosely. But in terms of the Bible, it's a deep thing. A covenant. 
A covenant is signed an agreement between three people. You are the person and God. That's a covenant. So it's not such a light thing as we just say, oh, that's my friend. But I'm going to get into that a bit later. I'm trying to not go ahead of myself. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off his robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt. So right there already, the friendship love translated into an action at the very earliest of stages. Do you have people that you class as friends, but they never give? I'm not talking about when you buy gas, because they never club. They never club. They always eat, but they never. I'm not talking about that. I'm speaking about a one-sided friendship, man. Where you are the only one giving. You are the only one giving. That's not friends. Some of us have friends like that. And we wonder, what is wrong? Is it, is it me? And sometimes those friends make it feel as if you're the one in the wrong. No, why are you going so on when you are... No, no, no. Friendship is a two-way street. I can't just give, 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 and you're not giving anything back. Then it's not friendship. Your definition is different. So now I want to deal with some popular traits in terms of why is our concept of friendship so warped and messed up? The first thing, social media has defined the term friendship. Oh, how many friends do you have? Ah, oh, 2,500. Look, now I have Facebook. 2,000, no, 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 no. Let us be real with one another. Those friends you have on Facebook, that's not friends. That's a media term. But when we think friendship, that is how it's been watered down. Some of you don't even know the people that you have accepted on Facebook. Some of you see this thing, who is this? And you go, when did I add you? But you say that's, yeah, I have so many friends. And you feel good about yourself. And you have a subtle competition. I have 2,500, now I have 2,600. That's not a friend. Come on, let's just be real with one another. So a friend is now defined as the amount of people I've registered on my social media accounts. In today's society, the way we choose friends is what we can get out of them. That's it today. So I choose you based on what I can get out of you. So I see that you're somebody, let's use an extreme example, you have a lot of money, so I want to be your friend. Or you have a car, I don't have a car, so in order for me to get that, I'm gonna, you're going to be my friend. That's how we make these choices in today, and we class it as friends. So sacrifice in terms of friendship in today's society, is deemed as a red flag. So if I must give too much, no, 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 this friendship is not, it's not for me. But that's normal. Friendship is where you give from what you have. And you don't feel bad about it. It's not out of obligation. It's something that you just do. It just flows naturally. That's what friends do. Some of you have friends like that when you're in dire straits, you don't even phone them. But they supply the need. Or they stay picked it up on your face and they ask, what is wrong? No, let's go. Yeah. Nobody asked them to do that. They picked up the need and now they want to supply because you are the friend. Friendship operates to the fulfillment of a desire or a need and not carefully crafted plans. In other words, what that fancy was is to say is that friendship, the acts of friendship is often random. If you have a real friend or if you are a real friend, you don't have to work out two weeks from now what you're going to do for your friend. That's what's for the moment. Yeah. 
Some of you have things like that. They call you now five minutes to school. I put the sleep out there and let's go. Quickly. You need to do something quickly. That's true friendship. You don't need a carefully crafted plan to do certain things. Friendship just does it. Because, because we are friends. We just do it quickly. Mm-hmm. If you look at Jonathan again, in the example we used, he went the extra mile for David. Giving his duty, giving his role. And even though those of you who know the story, we still wanted to kill David. Uh, um, Jonathan was the one who stood in the gap. We heard, what, this, what does my dad want to do? Let me go to one. You went the extra mile for him. Is that the type of friend you have in your life? Now let me quickly switch it over. Is that the type of friend you are to God? Do you go the extra mile for him? Or do you have to calculate when I must do something for God? Can you do things on the spur of the moment for the Lord? If he comes knocking now and say, let's go, let's do this. No, 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 we just, let me fast for 14 days first and let me go and seek the apostle and, and you know, I'll, I'll get back to you at the end of the month. If everything lines up and then I'm going to, is that a friendship? That sounds almost like a job. And some of us, we, we relate with God like that, like it's a job, man. I have to do this thing. No, we, before we do it, let me see what's in my contract with you, Lord. If it's not there, I'm not going to do it. And that's not friendship. No wonder you are so heavy burdened and heavy laden because it's become a job to you. And what is that job? It's called a religion. I must follow this list. Of, uh, before I do it, we first go and check. Uh, then I must leave it. Oh, no, no. Friendship operates out of here. It operates out of here. You can feel when something is right and you can feel when something is not right. But if you don't have that friendship relationship with God, you constantly have to go and check. You constantly have to go and write through the whole checklist before you do something. Even while you're doing it, you're so not sure. You're just doing it because that person is doing it. That's not friendship. You're not a friend of God then. It's also based on, the natural friendship is based on, in today, on common activities. We use a false definition of friendship. And today's definition, do you know what it is? What is a friend? It's a person that I know. But according to the Bible, that's not a friend. Our definition of friendship is actually, in today's terms, it's more closely linked, if you look at the, in terms of what the Bible would say, it's an acquaintance actually. A lot of us have a lot of acquaintances that we've labeled as friends. They're not friends. And that's the reason why you feel a strain with that friendship. True friendship shouldn't be, shouldn't have, a, it's not a strain thing. It's not, there's always tension with this, but no. Then you know this is an acquaintance. What is an acquaintance? It's something that's there for a season or, is, or a specific task. For instance, your work colleague. Some of you say, oh, no, that's my friend. That's your work colleague. That person, your role only comes to the forefront when you're busy with that particular role at work. But outside of that, you don't really, you're not much in contact. And it's not a friendship, it's an acquaintance. For those of you at school, so you're in the same class, so that's my friend. Or we live in the same area, the person across the road. No, that's my friend. But it's not really, you don't even spend time. You know their name, but that's as far as it goes. You just know their name. You belong to the same sports team or you support the same sports team. 
That's not friendship. You need to increase the level of what friendship means to you. Some of you have allowed friendships to start. Friendships to start. You've allowed people to come in under the guise of friendship and they are busy messing up your life. Because you're saying that's my But according to God, no, my child, that is not a friend. That is an acquaintance. Don't mix the two up. Because if you let somebody in the friendship door, you're giving them a certain amount of leeway in your life. But if it's the wrong person, it's like letting a thief into your house and expecting nothing more going to see. Some people have robbed you blind. Some friends have robbed you blind. Maybe not physical things, but in terms of things that you're supposed to have access in life. Some of them have robbed you of character traits. You are the person you are today because they came in and they robbed that thing from you and now you may be hard towards certain things because of that person. Because you evaluated them as a friend but they're not. Do you know that friendships, you don't need a lot of friends. I don't know if you know this. I'm sure your parents must have told you this. For me, this is, you know, if you go beyond this area, then it's too much. Then it, it's a party. Friendship isn't a party. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a competition. Mm. A friend is a tool in, the, in your life that God uses to allow certain things to develop within your life. That is a friend. And the way you choose these people will determine how successful you are to life. You know the quote. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You need to be careful. Very careful. And again, coming back to God, this is why we say that we are friends of God because of an, an activity called church. Church has become an activity. And because I go to church, of course I'm a friend of God. Because I'm sitting here looking, I'm sitting here today, I did my hair today, I'm here today. So how can you not say I'm not, how can you say I'm not a friend of God? Because of an association of things, because we share certain things. You can share a lot of stuff with a lot of people. For some of you, I have a friend, I haven't seen him in a while, but he's still my best friend. So it's not based on what we do, it's based on that bond that we have. We can go 12 years without seeing one another, but the moment we see one another, we just pick up from where we have left off. That's friendship. If your friendship cannot survive distance and time, then it's not a true friend, it's an acquaintance. That's the definition right there. So if you're struggling, you, if you can't stay a week apart from one another, then the friendship all of a sudden doesn't, then that person is not a friend, they are an acquaintance. You get those people that they all the time, all the time. Some of you are hiding, like this, make like we're not here, you know. Acquaintance, it's not a friend. Loyalty in friendships today is optional. Some of you have been stabbed in the back by friends. You thought they were alongside you, but they were stabbing you in the back. But that's a normal today. To such an extent that even when we have a friend, we walk like this. Because I don't know when you're going to change on me. I can't trust you. Even though I trust you as friends, I have to sort of always have my arm on around you guys. Because I don't know. No, we have a laugh and all of that. But you just never know, Pastor. You never know. That's friendship today. Back in the Bible, said, no. if you're my friend, I take off all my armor, I'm completely exposed, and that's because you're my friend. 
I don't expect it. It should not be there. But that's not the case today. And we approach God the same again. Is that we are loyal to God when we feel like it. Do you know that God placed himself in a very vulnerable position when he gave his son to die for you? That is a vulnerable position. But like my wife said in John 15, 15, he calls you friend. He doesn't call you servant. He removed the servant boundary and he said, come inside, you are now my friend. That's a very vulnerable position for a very powerful being. But we must use the loyalty that God has given us. Certain times God has come through for us because he's our friend. But as soon as we just got what we want, we turn our back on him. This loyal towards him. That's not true friendship. Now we are the ones that's behaving like an acquaintance towards God and not his friend. Again, like we said, an acquaintance is there for a certain task and once the task is done, that person is gone. That's how we relate to God. We have become the acquaintance not God's friend. Problems are common but attitude makes the difference. In every relationship that you are going to encounter on this earth, there will be issues to deal with. That's the hard truth of life. So if you're looking for a perfect relationship, be it friendship, be it marriage, there is no such thing. Ask people who's married. They're smiling and laughing and going on, but they can tell you some stories. I know we look so prim and proper now, but in marriage, it sometimes is like war. But why are we still together? Then why don't you just divorce? Oh, wow. No, it's a normal part of relationships. It just means we've come to a point now where there's a disagreement. Now we need order for us to move along. We need to come to an agreement. That's all that it means. And now we look at that as a gap. Oh, here's my gap. Yeah, I'm taking it. I'm going to run. So the same with certain friendships. When the heat is turned up with that friendship, do you have a flight or fight mode? Or you run away when, when, when you know when things are but tough for this friendship, now you just run away? Or do you stand alongside this person that you have said that is my friend? True friends are the people that when the fire is burning in your life, they they trying to help you put it out. Those ones that leave when the fire is turned up, those are the acquaintances. But how often do we neglect the true friends and we run after the superficial ones? Because on the outside, they are the fun ones. They are the ones that appears to have, I have a good time with them. But when the time is tough, then they are gone. Then the true friends show up and look at your door. Are you okay? That's how you realize it. And it's for you to make that decision. When you realize somebody is not a true friend anymore, you don't have to go and say, no, no, I'm going to toss out with you. No, we, we passed that already. This is not school time now. You just make a mental adjustment. Acquaintance. So you rein in the boundary. Before you cross them as free, they had free reign in your life. Now you just have certain boundaries. That you, place. you don't have to sit down. You don't have to speak. You just have boundaries. And why is this so important? Because your walk with God is important. Some of you, your walk with God is where it is because of so-called friends. They've lured you away from God. It's like those, those friends that Job had. 
When he was down and out, when they're supposed to have been encouraging him, these friends come to sit with him and they, they, they discourage him. The rule friends don't mind being outnumbered. And by that I mean is that you have certain friends in your life and even if it's just the two of you, you guys have a good time. You don't need a crowd. That's friendship. Why? Because once that bond is there, then you feel complete. You don't have to be in a, a crowded room. Now we're okay. We're looking for more people and whatever. No, when you want this person, it's fine. If you don't feel fulfilled with spending time with a particular person, that is an acquaintance. It's not a friend. Don't treat them as that. A true friend always directs you to that which benefits you. And this is the error that we make. We choose friends that gives us what we want. We choose friends that tells us what we want to hear and not what we need to hear. That's how we have chosen friends today. So if you're constantly telling me and correcting me and no, 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 I don't want to win my life. No, no, no. Now granted there are certain people that go overboard. It's just have some balance. But a true friend will always direct you to what you need and where you need to be. They will be brutally honest with you. But after they've told you this thing, they've been brutally honest, you still feel the love, man. When for somebody that's hard to get you, when they tell you that, you feel bad, you feel terrible, you can't recover something. But when a friend tells you something, and he's brutally, or she's brutally honest, you can take it and you still feel the love. No one to hear this, but you're right. Now an acquaintance won't tell you that. No, it's your thing. That, that's not my role. You need to sort yourself out. No. A true friend can't stand seeing their friend you know? Seeing their friend walking down a path that's going to destroy the day. A true friend stands in the gap and says, No, you're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. Check out what's happening here. When everybody says, Yeah, go for it, go for it, go for it. A true friend says, No, no, no. You don't need to do that. It's fine. So friends are loyal to the friendship bond and not to emotional circumstance. It's the bond that keeps you together with that friend. Not, and not emotions, not when you feel like it, or the circumstances, when the circumstances are bad, now we're not friends anymore. No, it's the bond. And the same with God. It's the bond you have with Him. You're not friends with Him because of. You're friends with Him. You're just friends with Him. That's, a, that's the, the full stop we need to put in our lives. I am God's friend, period. I'm in a relationship with Him, period. Not I am a Christian because. That you can tell other people, find them an explanation or whatever, but when it's with you and him, no Lord, I'm with you just because I'm with you. I don't need a thing. I'm your friend. I don't need a thing. That's the type of relationship God is yearning for his children. That's the type of relationship he wants. Where you're just with him, just for the sake of being with him. You know how it used to feel when you have friends and you with friends and they're only with you when they can get something out of you. Some of you experienced it at school. When I don't have money for the touch of Brother Mark, then they look at God. They, 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 they're not with me. Yeah. But the moment they know I have money, then they're all of a sudden around me. And, all of, and we used to use the term, now you just eat me out. Yeah. Now you don't like it. Don't do it, God. Not eating out, not that you can. Heaven is an abundance, it's an abundance storehouse. 
But don't operate in that manner with your walk with God and then you're wondering, why is this not working? No, no, God is, the Bible says he's not mocked. He knows what's going on. Just because he's silent or you haven't experienced the Old Testament wrath where the earth opened up and swallowed you doesn't mean God is not aware of what you're doing. And that is the biggest dilemma of when God changed his mode of operating, when we walk under the, the, the new covenant, people now all of a sudden think that when I do something and I don't get the hiding by God, I'm doing the right thing or God doesn't know about it. And he knows. He knows everything. That pause or that silence is God giving you the opportunity to change and make right and reconcile. That is what that silence is about. That is why he hasn't taken up the work and whooped you across the hands because he's waiting for you to realize what I've done is wrong. Then we come back like the prodigal son. That you make right. But some of us we use that as an escape to do our own thing. We completely redefine what Christianity is according to our terms and make it comfortable for me. John 15 was. 13, it says, greater love is no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Brother Conor, do you think Daniel will give his life for you? I can see. I can testify to that because I, I can see the bond that you have. If he was placed in a position, it was the two of you, and if he would if he would give his life and spare yours, he would do it. And the same way around. That's friendship. Now look at what God did. God gave his only son. He gave that. He stood in the gap for you. Your son was supposed to kill you. Now we're talking about physical death. I'm talking about killing uh, destiny, killing of those things in your life. You were supposed to, because of sin, you weren't supposed to be able to have those things. But God said, no, 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 no. Let me put the death on me. Rather take me out. Rather kill me. So the same with us. Whatever God does, for you, you need to do for him. Remember, your Christian walk is a co-laboring. You are co-laboring with God, which means it's a 50-50 partnership. A lot of us, we've gotten into the habit of scanning the pages of the Bible and requesting things from God, but we don't realize that this book is a two-way street. That what we read about, that God's expectations uh, our expectations of God, it goes the same way for God's expectations of us. So if I expect God to be faithful towards me, when I'm going through difficulties, Lord, you're supposed to be there for me. The same thing with the Lord. Not that God goes through difficulties, but God's difficulties is what's happening in today's society. He cannot stand and that's a difficulty for you. He expects you to stand up for Him. You don't. That's like a one-way street. And again, we become accustomed to because that is what friendship means in the natural young earth. God doesn't judge based on that. In the natural friendship of today, time often defines the friendship. So if I cannot spend too much time with you or the effectiveness of my uh, bond with you is dependent on the time. So we have to spend the whole weekend together just to maintain that friendship. Some of your old friends that really drain you. They drain you because you have to spend so much time with them. Just in order for them to feel that they are okay with you. 
If you don't spend time, if they just send you a WhatsApp, Luce, and it's not blue tick, then there's a problem with blue tick and you don't respond. Whoa! And that friendship goes to the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> okay? A true friend, oh, you didn't, I sent you a message, it was blue tick, uh, so obviously you read it, but maybe there's something wrong. A true friend always gives you the benefit of the doubt. Regardless of what you do, they give you that benefit of the doubt. God gives, He still gives the benefit of the doubt to us. We sin, we still continue sinning, tomorrow we will sin, but He gives us the benefit of the doubt. There's no, 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 okay, you've done that today, but I, I, I know you're going to change. You're going to change me. And He has this hope inside of us. Why? Because He's a friend. Second Samuel 9, verse 11, it says, Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant, the speaking about now, how friendship transcends the boundaries of time. Second Samuel 9, 11. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king has commanded to do. Mephubosheth um, ate, so Mephubosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Who was Mephubosheth? He was Jonathan's son. In this time here when we read it, Jonathan was long gone. He was long dead. He was in the ground already. His both might have been with Cain already and all of that. But here David comes across the son of his best friend. And the bond is so strong. Even beyond the grave, that friendship bond is still there. If I cannot do it for you, Jonathan, I'm going to do it for your son. That's what friendship, true friendship is like that. It knows no boundaries. It doesn't need time. It doesn't need location. It just needs the bond. Now do you see the, how easy it sounds, how free it sounds? That's what true friendship is. But a lot of you have accepted the definition, or you've accepted friends as not friends, and it's straining your life. And you think it's God's, that God, God is the person that, that you're feeling the strain from, or it's my faith that is straining me. In the meantime, it's these friends that you're trying to maintain. But it's not friends. So you're having to put so much work in. And it's just not paying off for you. You don't even have time to take care of you. That's not a friend. Some of you, you need to take the relational scissor and start cutting certain relationships from your life. It's tough. Some of you have bonds, not bonds, but some of you have spent a lot of time with people. But if you're really honest with yourself, you will realize it's not a friend anymore. I've always, it's always been a little niggly thing at the back here, but I, I sort of always push it aside. And again, not being rude. No, it's just, I need to get myself right. And if I look at how things have gone, you have not added, you have thick all the time. I have been giving. So unfortunately, it stops here. I still love you, but it stops here. I'm reigning in the boundary of friendship, and I'm bringing it to the boundary of acquaintance now. So I only let you this far in my life. In today's society, friendship is an accessory. What do you mean an accessory? When you go out, you have certain accessories that you put on. A watch, earrings, today's for both guys and girls. Chain, what else? You have your wallet that you have, your tackies. It's an accessory that goes with the outfit that you have, that goes with the occasion. Now, some of us have friends that way. 
That's how we've chosen them. They're actually just an accessory. So because I'm in this period of my life, these friends are allowed allow me now up until the spirit is done and then they go. Well, they're not my friend anymore. But then that's not the definition of friendship. Do you know that friendship is forever? It's the same like marriage. Remember, a covenant is something that you, should, that you cannot break. So if you have friends that come in and then like a couple of months later they're gone again, or when you're going through something, now all of a sudden, now you're with this group. As soon as you came, now you're with another group. They're not your friends. Or let me put it this way, you're not their friend as well. Because if your friends, your friend through all the time, all the time, you operate like that all the time, that is friendship. So be careful that you are not an accessory to certain friends. They like you because you are the one that you're the life of the party, so they must have you there. But other than that, they don't really care of you. They're not concerned about your family. They're not concerned about anything. No, no, you must just be there. John 15, verse 15, as my wife said, it says that I no longer call you servants because the servant does not know what his master is doing. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. So we are God's friend. God is not an accessory that you attach to your life. It's not like a nice watch that I must have on my life. I must have the Christian thing on me. We use our faith like that. Because out in the world there's so many religions, so I need to choose one. So the most relevant one is my, because my mother and my father was a Christian, so I'm going to choose it. Then it's an accessory. And that's not what God wants. He doesn't want that. God doesn't want to be an accessory. We read very clear the Bible, He says, I'm a jealous God. I don't compete. You know, I, I I don't play those games where where, where you then you with me, then you're not. If you look how he spoke to his children, he called he used words like you were adulterous generation. That's the terms that he used because if you say you with me, you with me. Don't say one thing and then do another. Friendship is a gift from God. That friend that you have, a true friend, man. I'm not talking about the ones that we discover now or you discover now. They're not friends. I'm talking about the true ones. It's a gift from God. So the same like you pray to God for financial things or for, you know, things in your life to, to come, to, to just be fixed or, you know, and God gives you certain things. That friend in your life is also a gift. Imagine somebody gives you, or we're almost close to the festive season, now you get a gift from somebody, or you give a gift to somebody, and they misuse the gift. They don't use it properly. They, 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 they neglect it after one day, it's broken. You won't feel right. So what gift has God given you? So if you mistreat him and misuse him, and you know, you need to treat him as a gift. What is a gift? A gift is something that you have not worked for. That you you actually shouldn't get it as something as you do not it's not something that you're obligated to get, it's just something that somebody has given to you. Christ is the same. Your Christian faith is the same. It's a gift from God. Christ is a gift from God, the gift that keeps on giving, but don't misuse the gift. Look after it. Friendship is grafted into God's will for your life. 
The friends that you have is grafted into God's will for you. There are certain people in your life and they've been there for years. They're supposed to be there because God has grafted them in. If you remove them from your life, you would not be the person you are today. God has allowed them to be there. He looked at your characters and funny enough, friendship, when you look at friends, it's almost the same when you look at, at, at husband and wife. It's always the opposite. Why do you, let's get into that. Why do you think that is? It's iron sharp and iron. So God looks at your character. He sees what you are and he knows in order for me to get you to a certain place, I need to give you the exact opposite so that that person can stop rubbing and doing things. If you get the same type of people, it's not going to work. You're not going to get out because you're the same. A liar and a liar. You're going to lie all day together and you're going to enjoy it. But now if you have a problem lying, God put somebody that don't, that person loves truth. Eventually they're going to start rubbing off, rubbing off. Eventually you won't be able to lie in front of them and eventually decide to change. Yeah. So you have a, you had a problem with, 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 with scenery. You loved it. And then you, then you make a friend that, that just, whenever you start to scenery, they say, no, no, no. I don't want to do that. That's not nice. No. Eventually it irritated you, but then it got you to think, maybe, why is this person happening like that? And then you started to change. That's why friendship is God's idea. God has placed that person there. Look after them. Look after them. That's why as much as we speak about marriage, valuing your partner, you need to value the friendships you have in your life. I have to say again, not acquaintance, friendships. You need to value those people because God has helped and placed them in your life. In order for him to get his will through to you, he's using them as well. And if you neglect them and abuse them, then that particular portion won't be able to be fulfilled in your life. And you always have a missing piece in your life. And you're looking in in, in a, a husband and wife relationship, you're looking at careers. In the meantime, it's that friend that you neglected years ago. That's the missing piece. But you abuse the we know Jesus is the friend that stick it closer and a brother like I mentioned. Let us not get to the point where we are using it. sounds very harsh. It sounds very, no, no, I will never do that, Pastor. But look at your behavior. Just be, uh, you know, you know when you grow the fastest in your work with God? When you're honest. When you say, Lord, okay, that's me. That's me. I, I, I acknowledge that this, that's, not, I don't wanna, that's not a nice thing for me to say, but I did that thing. David was like that, man after God's own heart. He messed up royally, but he always came back and said, I'm sorry. Why? Because the friendship outweighed that act that they just did there. It outweighed it. I value your friendship more, Lord, than this thing, than my pride. Some of us cannot grow because we are prideful. How does it manifest in your life? When God wants to deal with something in your life, you put up your clothes, the gate in his face, and say, mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't speak about that. I'm not going to change that. I like that. I'm not going to change that. That's when you become prideful. And unfortunately, you cannot grow beyond that point. If you are prideful in a certain area with God, you will never grow beyond that point. Never. You will be there forever and ever and ever until you decide like a prodigal son. You come to your senses and say, I need to go back to my father. 
But after that point, God loves you. But he, what you say, he doesn't allow spoiled brats into heaven. He doesn't allow blessing, his blessings to fall onto spoiled brats. Let that not be us. In today's society, this is the last one that I'll use. We navigate friendships today. I mentioned it earlier. We navigate our friendship relationships with fear. Waiting for the death blow. Always, always thinking that this person is going to do something to me so I cannot fully expose myself and open myself. I always need to keep myself covered because I don't know. Yeah, we have a laugh and all of that, but I just don't know. And we do the same thing with God. Now the Bible does speak of reverential fear of the Lord, but it's not that type of fear. It's not that, you know, we're afraid of a ghost or afraid of us. It's not that fear that is speaking. It's an intense respect and reverence that you have for God. That is a reverential fear. So in other words, this is what it is like. If God says this, I must do this, reverential fear is, I'm not stepping out of the boundary that God has placed. Not because I'm afraid, but because I don't want to disappoint you. That is the reverential fear of God. Friendship can only survive in a climate of trust. If you have people in your life you can't trust, they're not your friend. You can label them as such, but you won't treat them. You won't treat them as such. You'll keep them at bay. Because a friend is somebody that you trust. You open up your everything to this person. It's very closely linked to marriage. The only thing that is different between marriage and friendship is the physical aspect. The sexual side. That's the only thing that's different. Other than that, the very same standards apply. Friendships. Now, I should have put it to you that way in the beginning because now you understand the depth of true friendship. Almost like a marriage. Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, Wounds from a friend, brother Mark, can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. Wow, that's such a beauty. That's something that you would you would expect to see on a, on a card. You know, that you give to somebody. such a poetic thing. But that is the truth. When a, when the wound speaking of there is like we mentioned earlier, when a friend tells you as it is, because you need to hear that that's a wound. It creates a wound. But it can be trusted. It's okay when it's that person. I accept it. I can feel the love. But even the best act of an enemy, even the kisses of an enemy, is something that is dangerous. So be the friend. Don't just seek the friend. A lot of us are on the hunt and we're seeking God for this and seeking God for that, which we are in our right to do. But you cannot just seek, 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 and you don't want to be the friend towards God. A relationship is never one way. We understand it when we're walking on this earth over here, but all of a sudden when it comes to our relationship with God, then that concept gets thrown out of the window. Then it becomes a one-sided thing because he's God. But we are totally the Apostle John also noted that for Leo love is the kind of love that clearly defies what it means to be a Christian. He says, by this we, by this we know in 1 John 3 verse 16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. There are certain things that, or actions that God looks upon you to see if the label of friendship towards him is validated some of the things is directed towards heaven, but some of the things is done here. I always use the example 
of the cross. The cross contains a vertical thing and a horizontal thing. That's what that's the makeup of the symbol of the cross. And why? Because there are horizontal things that we take care of on this earth, but then there's the vertical relationship with God, and that equals our Christian faith. Some of us just concentrate on this all, all the time. We just concentrate on this. That's a one-way thing. So I just send my request up to God, and that's it. Other than that, I want to do nothing with this people of God. Just your children, Lord. You are not fulfilling the symbol of the cross. Some of us have crosses, but we don't realize we're not fulfilling the symbol of the cross. Nobody would go and buy a cross that doesn't have this side over here, and that side because it's not a cross. Then this is a bar. But that's what your Christian faith looks like. If you don't fulfill this and that, it doesn't represent Christianity in accordance to what Jesus has fashioned. And for some of us, that is the small thing that we're missing. We're pursuing this, but we're not doing this. So it doesn't look like this. So for Leo Lavina, no, we didn't touch on marriage much. But this is the only thing I'll say about the marriage. For Leo love feeds back into Eros love. Remember we said that in a marriage, you cannot just operate out of Eros love, the erotic side. You cannot just have the physical side when it comes to marriage. There's a balance. And Phileo brings the balance. Phileo ensures that the friendship and the, the physical side balances that relationship nicely out. So the physical stuff with us with God, it would be, we can't just expect that intimacy with God, but I don't want to be his friend. So in other words, I worship and I praise him and say things like this, then it's all about him. But then other than that, I don't really relate to him at, at all. So the friendship isn't there. So you would be somebody, if you can term it in a natural term, you would be somebody in a relationship that's all about the physical. It's only about the physical. I define my whole relationship just based on the physical aspect. Other than that, I don't need to talk to you. We go our way. We do our thing. Yeah. It's just about the physical thing. It's just about the bedroom. Yeah. And that's what some of us do with the Lord. It's just about that. It's just about what I can get from you. That was in quote by C.S. Lewis. I'm going to read it slowly because this verse doesn't make sense, but it's quite profound. It says, Friendship is unnecessary. Like philosophy, like art, it has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things which gives value to survival. So if you look at friendship, many people operate in life without friendship. And they make it pretty far without any real close friends and things like that. So this quote is saying it's not, a, it's not something that is that crucial or that people really just uh, pursue or things like that. Nobody pursues a friend. You know, that's my goal in life. I must have. Nobody does that. But what this quote is saying, we are all in a state of survival, when you put it that way, in today's society because of the way things are. We are in different levels of survival. Now when you have a true friend, it brings value to the survival. It makes it bearable when you have that friend. Because Yes, we have God as well that we relate to, but times you also need somebody that's on this earth that you can also just speak to, things like that, and God uses that person. So to produce the phileo love, you desire to receive, you also need to realign yourself with God. 
Get to know what is His standard. You're never going to produce for lay your love out of your own motives. Out of, because I think I'm going to be able to do this, I'm just going to go ahead. It's God. God is the owner of the concept of love. Yes, you have love for your husband, you have love for your wife, but you're not the owner of love. God is the grand designer of it. So if you want to know how to operate in these various facets of it, you're going to need to understand the person who created it. If I'm not mistaken, are there not four chambers in a heart? Are there four chambers? I'm not sure. Are there? And again, interesting enough, we use the heart as a symbol of love. And in our series, we're dealing with the four aspects of love. So there's a lot of similarities in which we are... We sort of overlook, but it's really something that gives us a bit of understanding of it, if I can put it that way. Let's not just see it. Let's not just, let it not just be a motive, but let us start acting in that friendship towards God. The beauty of the Word, the beauty of your Christian faith, this is why I love being a believer. I love exploring God's Word, because God's Word is so, so practical. In order for you to be a friend of God, let's say you just got to know the Lord today. Just today. You want to know how to be a friend? How, what do you expect from the friends on this earth around you? And that expectation, you send that back up towards God. And you give to Him. You don't have to study the Bible every single day, all of those things. I'm not saying don't read it, but it's not a, it's, it's not, a lot of us, we, we say, you know, I'll give my heart to the Lord later or I'll deal with that later because we think it's this massive thing. But if you just understand the natural concept here, then it's easier for you to translate it to the spiritual side. It becomes very easy. So I want to encourage all of you to pursue that friendship towards God. It's a piece of the puzzle in your life that you require. The friendship aspect requires that. There's certain things that the Eros love brings in your life. There's certain things that the Phileo love brings in your life. And you'll deal with the other two. There's aspects that it brings. But you cannot only pursue one of them. You have to pursue all four of them to make it complete. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may He lift up His countenance toward you and give you His everlasting peace. In the name of the Father and the Son.